Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. There's something magical about unboxing. When you unbox BritBox, you uncover a world of British entertainment. Stream the UK's most brilliant series, including new and upcoming seasons of Shetland, Father Brown and Death in Paradise. Plus new originals like Payback, Irving Welsh's Crime and Archie, the story of Hollywood's greatest leading man, Cary Grant. Unbox BritBox and escape to the best of British TV. Stream with a free trial at BritBox.com. Here are all my tour dates. There are three cities that just went on sale. The ones that just went on sale are Amsterdam on October 8th, Oslo, Norway, October 13th, and Milwaukee, which is November 8th. All of those just went on sale Hop to it, jenkirkman.com. That is spelled J-E-N-K-I-R-K-M-A-N.com. You can just go right on my homepage and the ticket links are all there. Now, if you're wondering where else am I for the rest of the year, these are the cities. No more are being added. I don't need suggestions. You need to find the nearest city and get your butt there. Here we go. July 26th, Los Angeles, California. August 10th, Minneapolis. August 15th, Nashville. August 16th, Birmingham, Alabama. August 17th, Athens, Georgia. August 21st, San Antonio, Texas. August 22nd, Houston, Texas. August 25th, Austin, Texas. September 11th, Brooklyn, New York. September 13th, Boston, Massachusetts. September 15th, Del Mar at the Cabo Festival down there in San Diego. September 19th through the 22nd, Toronto, part of the JFL 42 Comedy Festival. London, September 30th through October 5th. Manchester, UK, October 6th. Again, Amsterdam, October 8th. Oslo, Norway, October 13th. November 7th, Oklahoma City. That goes on sale this Friday, July 19th. You can go to jenkirkman.com and click newsletter and sign up right there to get an email reminder that morning. November 8th, Milwaukee. November 17th, San Francisco. I cannot tell you the venue yet. We are not allowed to announce it. That's why I can't tell you. I know where it is. Plane tickets are booked. Hotels booked. I'm ready to go. You are in the dark until September. So here's what you're going to do. Go to jenkirkman.com, click newsletter, and I'm going to send you an email the day the tickets go on sale. See? Easy. You don't have to do a damn thing. December 6th, Richmond, Virginia. December 7th, Durham, North Carolina. Whew! jenkirkman.com for tickets right now and for my shows in August. Those includes the ones in the southern states in Minnesota and Texas. If you go to my website right now, jenkirkman.com, you will see that there is a little special special that you can get if you buy tickets in advance, which simply means buy them online instead of buying them the day of the show, and you will get a free digital download of my comedy album. How nice is that? Enjoy this week's episode. Having funless, oh no! <laughs> we'll keep this in. This is part of the charm. <laughs> Having funlessness with Jen Kirkman, episode two ninety four. Oh my God! It's a week where I have a guest, my dear friend, celebrity Paul F. Tompkins. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for calling me a celebrity. You sure are. Do you think I am? I think so. You've got a million Twitter followers. I feel like I to uh, to uh, a small segment of people, I am a celebrity. Absolutely. There yes. are tiers to celebrity, of course. I guess I think I always think of the word celebrity as everyone knows who this person is. That's right. I think of it as Tom Cruise, Julia Roberts. But I just read an interesting article today mm. that said um, Instagram considers you a celebrity if you have over 30,000 followers. 
And even what? if you have five to ten. They consider you an Instagram celebrity. Uh, they didn't specify, but I don't think they go, oh, well, if I see that person out in the street, I'm going to go crazy. But- Wait a second. Now I'm realizing, are we talking about the the people who run Instagram think this or the people that are on Instagram think? Who run it. Oh, the- <laughs> really? Is that not as impactful? Which would mean more to you? I guess if, if people that were users of Instagram mm-hmm. consider people a celebrity if they have 30,000 followers would carry a little bit more weight because that's people. Like a People's Choice Award. Like a People's Choice Award. Thank you, Jen. Yeah. You have cracked it. <laughs> but, yeah, so I think, no, of course, I think that, uh, uh, oh, God, that you have a le- you have a lifetime of work. I feel like people from all different kinds of categories know who you are, too. Well, that's the thing, is that I have, none of my fans know all of the stuff that I do. <laughs> I have people that are fans of yes. different things, they either are not aware of or interested in yeah. the other things that I do. You know what's interesting? It's probably not interesting, but I, it's just a way to say, here's something I'm going to say it next. It fills time. <laughs> it fills time. <laughs> Elizabeth Gilbert, who wrote Eat, Pray, Love. Yes. I heard her on a podcast, and she had written so many books before that, and a lot of them were not uh, first-person memoirs, and mm-hmm. they were fiction, and I guess what she said is they were you know, I don't think she meant to say they were better because I don't think that's how she put it. But they were acclaimed. They were definitely, that's her strong suit. Right. And jumping into first person memoir was sort of a new thing. And people would come up to her and go, oh my God, your first book and it lands like this. And she'd been an yeah. author for 20 years. And then people would say to her, do you think you'll ever write another? Meanwhile, she's written three fiction books since it. And she has the she she has this great you know, because she tries to work on this, I assume, mm-hmm. a more of a spiritual outlook. She tries to not go... Yeah, I did this what I do. I have 50 <laughs> other books. I did this. I did that. Right. And it, she's just like, thank you. And she's yeah. like, who am I to tell them they have to like, but I can't handle the people that don't know about this that don't know about that. I'm oh, like, yeah. I'm like, you're all in or you're, get out. Well, what's fun? <laughs> I, I didn't know that about Elizabeth Gilbert. I mm-hmm. thought that was her first book. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like that, certainly that's how I heard of her. Yeah. Um, I didn't realize she was a novelist at all. Yeah. And I, the only thing I can equate that to is if you are... Um, if like I'm in a cab or something, yeah, and the cab driver asks what I do, and if I accidentally say that I'm a comedian, oh. and then because he has not heard of me, yeah, he has to ask me all the usual questions. What kind of comedy do you do? Uh, you know, uh, he has to tell me what comedians he likes. Sure, and then it always, 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 there's words of encouragement, like keep at it, <laughs> and you can't say. You, there's no point in saying it's how I make a living. Like I'm fine. Yeah, and also I might not keep at it, not because it's not going well, but because I'm a right. living, breathing human right, right, right. who has new interests. Yeah, but <laughs> but the idea that well, if I haven't heard of you, you must mm-hmm. you are not only brand new to me, you're brand new to everything. Yeah, and I used to think that was a younger person's game, that kind of attitude, but it's not. It's an, it's everyone towards yeah, comedians. Absolutely. And oh god. I know. And it's when you say you accidentally let it slip out because what is it for you? I have a fake thing that I say. Mm-hmm. Um, or what is it for you that makes you so caught off guard that you slip? What's What are the conditions? If uh, honestly, if I'm tired. Yeah, same Which here. is then, that's the worst time to have that conversation of, mm-hmm. hey, failure, let me <laughs> give you some words of advice. <laughs> hey, failure. I've had all kinds, you know, before I, and, and this is even what we were going to talk about, but whatever before i got into bonus content bonus content before i got into being able to tour with comedy when i was just doing sets around la my dream was that when people like the dentist or whomever asked how comedy was going i could say i'm going on tour Mm -hmm. because that's when they would be like oh wow you're a real comedian i get those words yeah yes and then now that i'm on tour and it's hard to schedule dentist appointments because you make them six months in advance and then the day finally comes and so I reschedule and I this and I finally get in. They go, well, you've been on tour. I go, yeah. They go, do you ever think someday you'll be able to be at a level where you can just stay in L.A. and do comedy? And I'm like, no, no, I made it. I'm on tour. You used to ask 10 years ago. You said the right. opposite. I'm, stop gaslighting me. But okay. also, <laughs> what are you talking about? Stay in L.A. and do comedy. People don't know that you don't make money in L.A. Well, they think that you just go to the you like headline the comedy store every night? Yes. I think they truly think you must make thousands a week doing that. <laughs> and that you would have enough fans in the same city to keep 
coming f- the amount of times yeah. I, I it's unbelievable to me. What's really amazing to me, and I'm just realizing this now, is how few people do not ask questions from a place of ignorance. Like they're not saying, tell me what comedy is like. They think they already know. Yes. And so what they're asking you is, what do you, what's your day job? How are you going to make your rent? Yes. You know, it's like instead of saying, how does it work? Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, that's right. It comes Everybody already knows. We know. Yeah. We don't need the backstory. Yeah. I've seen Seinfeld, so I know how stand up comedy works. And if they have, you know, it, uh, the, uh. yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Now, one thing I did want to say, I, I, and we'll get this out of the way and we'll get into more fun stuff. I remember years ago, I'm going through this right now. Um, well, first of all, no, your Tompkins 300. Do you remember that? Yes, I do. Um, Paul, Paul was advertising shows somewhere. Like, I got to sell tickets. I'm in where? It was in Atlanta. I was Atlanta. shooting a special. Oh, and you just wanted more and people to come. And it wasn't sold out. Right. And you need so many. And it was a tiny place, too. Oh, I know that place. Yeah. And yeah. you need, I'm assuming, a few rounds I was rounds shooting over the, over the course of a few days. Yeah. The whole thing was a huge mistake. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but when when you're advertising it and people go, come here. And it's like, that actually doesn't help. Yeah. Because I don't know if they're saying, hey, next, come here. Or I don't know. But it's, again, it doesn't come from a place of ignorance. It comes from people routing your tour. Because I'll say, people yeah. will go, I noticed that in between um, Atlanta and Chicago, you have a day free. You should go to Ohio. And here's what that's like. I've and never had that. That's I get amazing. that a lot. And that's I'm like, amazing. I'm like, I'm going to... To I I might have to spontaneously combust off the earth. I have had people like if I'm going to London, mm-hmm. like why don't you come over to uh, Dublin? Right while you're there. Yeah, who's traveling farther? Exactly. <laughs> like you, I bet you could make it. Yeah. to London. I think I got planes, trains there. But yeah. I think so. Somebody wrote, "Come here," and you said, "Look, if you get 300 people, I'll go." And mm-hmm. then you started a, a phenomenon. <laughs> A very brief phenomenon that lasted until Facebook changed their settings. <laughs> uh, because it used the way it worked was uh, I I said um, if you want me to come to your town, start a uh, a Facebook group, mm-hmm. um, and and make it so that three. It, it wasn't my idea originally. It came. It started as kind of like a joke. Because I was trying to get people to this show, and and a guy from Toronto said, "Why don't you come to Toronto?" And I said, "Get three hundred people to promise that they'll come see me, and I'll come to Toronto." And this guy invented the system. He started a Facebook group, bring Paul F. Tompkins to Toronto, and he laid it all out. He said, "Only join this group if you're serious. If you actually will come to the show." Yeah. He he like he laid the whole thing out perfectly. This guy later became a friend of mine. It turned out he was a comedian. I had no idea. Um, oh, cool. I thought he was just some dude. I'd never met him before. Yeah. And he was a comic by the name of Bob Kerr. And um, Didn't he just die recently? No. Oh, okay. Oh, no. No, no, no. Sorry. Someone Canadian died a couple years ago, and I I don't know. That name sounded familiar, so I put that together. And it probably sounds familiar because I know the story, and I know your friends with them. Is so. it the guy from the Hold Steady? No. Because <laughs> he did die. He passed away. No, I don't know. I that was a that was a real what error. Is scary. It was so scary. We're all on edge right now <laughs> after these earthquakes. What's the last time I heard from Bob? Um, he 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 invented the whole thing, and and then it worked out. I did. I I adopted it and used it in various other cities, and it was it was really exciting. You know, yeah. it was really it was a fun way to to connect with people and um, make shows happen that. We're so much more enjoyable than uh, the the comedy club experience of hoping that maybe people know who you are when they show up, and, yeah, and and hoping that you can win people over who have no idea who you are. But yes, to show up where it was my first time going to gigs where I knew that everyone in the audience was there specifically to see me. Yeah, they weren't there because they won free tickets, you know. Because they put their business card in a fishbowl or something. And because they really wanted to see you. They were the top yeah. tier fan. Yeah, yeah, Not yeah. even the, I like him. Yeah. But the, I need this. Yeah. Um, and they changed their settings how so that you couldn't. They changed it by... so you could just add people to groups rather than, Oh. you know, it was some something like that where yeah. you could never be sure if you were actually 
if there actually were 300 people that wanted to see it, you know. Well. And that was it. But then, by then, podcasts were starting to really come into their own. And so I it became less, that, that became a superfluous way to book shows. That's true. And that brings me to, before I get into our oh, off-topic discussions, segue. wasn't it? Thank you. It would have more perfect than if I just wrote in on a segue. This is a great, that was a worse joke. Well, we're Sorry. on segues. Oh, yeah. Do we not tell Do you the, not tell people that you do the show on a segue? Well, no, because it's not, I don't know. I, yeah, I think I should. I just feel like, then they'll be like, oh, I want to see it. They'll have to do a video podcast. Right. You know, so should I just. Should we cut this out? No, we can keep it in. And, you know, if there's enough demand, we'll turn this into a video okay. podcast. I just, you it's something I do. people would wonder about the noise. Yeah, and I'm out of breath sometimes. It's something I do for me. Why are you out of breath? Well, just the balance sometimes is really hard. <laughs> it's all core. <laughs> if you're tired they or... They are... That's why so many... You see so many people on segways that are ripped. Oh, yeah. They're ripped underneath all the layers of skin. <laughs> underneath it all, I'm ripped. I just they eat look, a lot of sugar. Look, I may look flabby. But I am, if you peeled away all my layers of fat, yeah. I'd be shredded. <laughs> Technically, it is muscle under there. Yeah. Oh, nothing but, baby. <laughs> nothing but. NBB. Nothing but, baby. Yeah. Nothing but, baby. <laughs> this is you doing, like, I've hired you for a voiceover, and for some reason you nailed the audition. You <laughs> cannot do it. Now, Paul, in the audition. <laughs> yeah. All you have to say, and your character just says to the friend, uh, nothing but, baby. Like, he says, I love you. I got nothing but love for you. And you go, nothing but, baby. So, okay. so just like that. The way you did in the audition. Throw it away. Nothing but, baby. Nothing but, baby. Okay. Good. It just try it again. Let's, hey, uh, at the end. Uh, sure. Nothing but, baby. <laughs> okay. I'm going to take an early Too lunch. Slow? Um, Just, uh, we don't need all the... We don't need the extra vowels and beat rhythms. You know, nothing but, baby. I don't mean to give you a line read, but nothing but, baby. Nothing but, baby. <laughs> like that? Tossed off? Yeah. Nothing but, baby. Do you have... Hmm. There's a few friends of yours I just are such fans of. Sure. Love to get them in here sometime for other projects. Mm -hmm. Do you have their phone numbers? Sure I do. We, Michael Buffer. Yeah, if we could cut this short... And I could get their numbers. And then um, there's paperwork out front, you know. Wait a minute. I what? Think I, I think I see what's going on here. You're planning a surprise party for me. Oh, sh I am so bad at this stuff. Listen, just act surprised when it happens. I, you don't know when or where. You want me to act surprised? Uh, well, I know you can act, so yeah. I'm sure it'll be great. Yeah, tell me about baby. That's it! What? That's that's how I wanted you to say it. Nothing but, baby. Nothing but, baby! <laughs> that's going down in the annals of comedy. Yeah. This will be like, people will learn this scene. It's like Second City. They're still doing scenes that Nichols and May did. That's right. This is not that, but I would... This, this will be called Nothing But Baby. And uh, generations of... Uh, improvisers will be doing it after we're long dead. Oh. Mm-hmm. I didn't think... I, I just did a podcast about the earthquake, so I won't repeat myself. But I'm thinking about death a lot. Were you... You were gone for the not, earthquake. I was not here. I was not here. Paul, did you see my video? <laughs> did you see her? I, I think I did see your video. Well, you're going to see it again. I okay. just want you to Fair listen enough. to it. Just... So fucking scared. All right, ignore me. This one's a big one. <laughs> Listen to that sound. This one's a big one. It's not stopping. People screaming, you hear. Meanwhile, there's a glass of wine that's barely quivering. <laughs> but do you see do you see that my doors are shaking? I could not see because you turned the camera, you turned the phone sideways, <laughs> okay. which made it look much more dramatic. No, I know. I wasn't that trying was to like do that. That was like the Poseidon adventure. <laughs> I was just trying to, I was so out of my head that instead of just turning my body right. to face the door, I 
like sort of waved my hand. My wife and I were on vacation for the 4th of July. Yeah. And we did not know what we were going to come back to, and we came back to nothing, everything. Oh, yeah. It wasn't one of those where you'd come back to. It was just the shaking was going on for so long that it it messed with people's equilibrium in a way that I don't think it ever has. Well, it's also that tension of... Is is this going to happen? Is yes. this going to be like a real thing? That to me is the the scariest part of, you know, when you get those aftershocks or pre-shocks or whatever that kind of roll a little bit. Yeah. And you're thinking, do I, what do I do now? Do I get up? Am I supposed to, is, is this really going to happen? And that's why I'm on a segue right now because it helps me feel like I'm part of it. You, you wanna, know, like I'm rolling anyway. Exactly. But, exactly. <laughs> but and it, also you're in a better position to go right outside, which is what you're supposed to do in an earthquake. Honestly, I know you're not supposed to, but it makes a lot of sense to me. Get on a motorized me. vehicle, get on a bicycle, get on a skateboard, get Go, outside. Get near a power line. Get in your car. <laughs> drive away from it. So, you know, why can't you drive away from it? Why can't you drive away from it? I think you get my joke later. I don't... <laughs> well, you said it was a conviction. I was like, she threw in a real one. Yeah, I did. I mean, it was scary, and I think because this is the one that... it. There was two back-to-back, and then the second one went longer, and then mm-hmm. it turned out it wasn't an aftershock. It was a new earthquake, and I was mm-hmm. like, hey, that's not what we agreed on here. Exactly. It really effed me You up. can't change the protocol all of a sudden and not tell us. I think I might move. Where would you live if you didn't live in L.A.? I feel like you're, you're like me in that you don't need to live here uh, except for work, but you emotionally are like, I could be happy anywhere. You or, know what? Uh, I don't know about that. What? I think about I think about this a lot because, uh, you know, I came here for work, but I really do like living here. Yeah. And when I picture myself living, say, uh, in, in near Charleston, South Carolina. Yeah. Because I love it down there. My wife is from there, and we spend a lot of time there. We go there a few times a year. But then I think, well, what would my life be there? Your day to day. Because you can't you can't be on vacation all year round, you know. No. So, like, what would I what what would I do? Is this presuming that I'm not in the business that I'm in anymore, and that I have some other life that's no, based I, around where I live? the The way I look at it is this, and I do remember that year that you had to live in New York for your show, mm-hmm. that you were just lame as. You just did not. It was not your town. <laughs> it was not, and it was. It it was a very difficult adjustment because I'd spent so many years visiting New York and loving it. Yeah. And then living there was a completely different thing. Uh, completely different thing. And I th- it's, yeah. the, it's the opposite of L.A. that I think L.A. is an easier city to live in than it is to visit. But I think it's a it's a it's a tough adjustment. It's like, you know, you have a lot of. New York transplants who spend like the first year yes. talking about how they wish they were in New York. Yes. And then they kind of gradually they realize what is good about this city and and like there you get a lot of um you just get a lot more I think quality of life living in LA like yes. you, you can breathe, you know. Yes. Like yeah, it's not open 24 hours a day and it's not uh, a walkable city in that way, but the the trade-offs to me were worth it. I'm yeah. not. Uh, I think it's always it always comes down to your personality and how you feel about it. Yeah. But even living in New York under the best of circumstances, where rent was not a worry, a job was not a worry, like everything was kind of taken care of, and it was still really hard. Oh it was my God, still yeah. really hard. It just it's the same thing with the earthquake that like whether or not you're intellectually having a good time or whatever, it, it there's a stress on the nervous system it's just a lot to take there's some the last couple years I've really grown to miss New York and want to be there but it's not because I have a judgment about one place is better Mm -hmm. it's like it's better for me at this time so there's times when I'm in a a lot of heavy writing I'm not really on the road I'm not auditioning and I'm I actually don't like the quiet and the heat of LA so being somewhere where it's noisy outside, I could jump in the fray if I wanted mm-hmm. to, but I I actually like the weather. Yeah. Being in New York's great for me. And then weird little things like I got a pang in my heart yesterday because I used to subscribe to this thing called Brooklyn Brainery, which I never once did, but it gives you suggestions of things to do like needlepoint class. And we're going to go on right. a tour of this. I'm like, I would be doing that if I were there, which I was there for two years and I didn't do it last year. Right. Um, but it is that I don't like, we used to joke about we knew someone that, 
would just be like, I'm going back. You know, he moved to L.A. for a little while and then he moved back to New York. He's like, this is where the real people live. And it's like, come on. You can find real people in L.A. I've never once really totally seen this entourage type of it's out there. But but I don't have to see it if I don't want to. It's also if you move to a new place, it's tough to meet people mm-hmm. and you gradually find the people that you're going to spend time with. Yeah. You know? and, and I think that, you know, we were I was talking with friends the other day about somebody who uh, had moved to L.A. from Brooklyn and was saying, you know, uh, L.A. dinner parties are the worst. Everyone's tedious and boring and take me back to Brooklyn. And it's like, what? yeah, it, it's there's. You you can meet boring, tedious people anywhere. Yeah, you know? and I've if met you don't them know, in Brooklyn. If you don't have any, you know, if you don't if you don't have your regular, you know what I mean? Like yeah. I've I've been to I've been to plenty of places full of strangers in both places. Yeah, and I can't say that. Oh, I was in New York. I met the most fascinating people. <laughs> And it was very specific to New yeah. York. Now, trust me, I would not yeah. have met these fascinating people the th- anywhere I, else. I really do think the thing that people don't want to admit is that, or they won't, they they don't want to acknowledge this. They need it to be one thing has to be empirically better than the other. Yeah, and it's like as you said, it's for you. It's this is better for me. I and, like yeah. this better. You know. And, and what I've learned as I get older is I go through phases. Yeah. So it's better for me right now. Yeah. And it'll change again. And yeah. that's why I need I need a little in New York, a little in L.A. Mm-hmm. But there's been times in my life where every time I made a decision about anything, this mm-hmm. is it. Yeah. 100% who I am. Yeah. And it's so much easier to go just for now, for me, for now. Absolutely. Um, But this, okay, so wait, I'm just trying to find a pen, if anyone has a pen. But I, because uh, I like to take notes and then remind myself. So I want to go back to, well, then I want to talk about your po- old podcast. That's fine if you don't have one. Oh, cool. Uh, And then, uh, but. Really quickly. So, yeah, if in my fantasy version of you not living in L.A., and I forgot that you are, and actually when I moved here, you helped me. Uh, I actually really wanted to move here when I moved here because mm-hmm. I'd always wanted to live on the West Coast because I didn't like weather when I moved yeah. here. And now I miss weather. It's a whole thing. It might be my hormones. I'm starting to get the hot flashes. So, but... um But you had showed me through, like, introducing me to people at Largo that there was this equally cool LA thing that wasn't, you know, a bunch of supermodels in the sun. Yeah. But um in my uh in my question that I was gonna ask you, so yeah, in this scenario, you you still do what you do for a living. So mm-hmm. maybe you um fly into LA every once in a while if you get cast in something and you might work in LA for a couple weeks to a couple months. You can still go on tour. Um and uh, do what you know, write whatever. So you just live there, yeah. but LA and the business is a big part of your life. It's still like to me that sounds ideal. I think of moving other places. I, I mean, that if you yes, if you are talking about you know sort of unlimited resources in that way, yes. Um, but you know, a heightened version of your own life of like I could do this. I mean, that that really is the pie in the sky fantasy for me. Yeah, is Janie and I, my wife, talk about this all the time. We would live on. Um, Sullivan's Island in South Carolina, which yes. is where we got married. I love that place. Love it so much. And even though it's changed a lot, it retains for it retains its magic for us. It's it's a place where real estate is insane. And so a lot of rich people have bought up all this property. It started after Hurricane Hugo back in the 90s mm. when um everyone's places got wrecked and then they got their insurance checks and people built these McMansions and stuff. And now the island is becoming packed, but it's man, I I just still love it. We still love it every time we go there. And we were just there for uh, a, a few days. Um, we took a last minute trip. You know, a friend of ours rented a beach house and had an extra room, and said, "Why don't you guys come down?" And it's nice. It was it, it was so great. It was so great. It was like miserable travel to get there, but it was all worth it. it was, oh yeah, that's right. You got to change planes. Yeah, there's no direct flights to Charleston for some uh, reason. Um, for, I I growled like a dog, <laughs> uh, and then they put me in the in the. the, the so did you have to fly under the plane? I had to fly under the plane. Oh my god, that must have been so scary. It was very scary. You very said scary. you were going to start working on that, the not growling, because you know this yeah, happens. I, I don't mean to blame you, but you knew this I was going to happen. I know, but it was a last minute trip, and I didn't have a chance to do my mm. exercises. Oh yeah, I don't know. I just ruined my old habits. <laughs> <laughs> All right, now I want to get into. So if I could yes. live anywhere, oh, I would yes, live sir. on the beach. Yeah. I would love to live by the water, and be able to just go there. I, I, I guess ideally, it's uh, uh, the most realistic version would be 
if we could have a house there that we could go to anytime we wanted. Yes. Like we'd live here mainly, yep. but we'd go there whenever we wanted. Totally. You know. Last minute trips. Yes. Still no direct flight, but that don't, doesn't matter. Don't care. Once you get there, it's your place. Ain't no one in it unless there's been some squatters that you can't control. Not that bad, baby! <laughs> now, people don't know this about you because oh. you. Th- th- a lot of people just see you on stage or on the, on the TV. I wonder if I even know it about myself. You, you, I think you do. People see you in your suits and your, and your, and your uh, uh, stylish outfits and, mm-hmm. and uh, dressed to perfection. Well, you have a tuxedo bathing suit that you wear that's long yes, sleeve. It's just all one piece, like a wetsuit, yes. but it's a tuxedo. Zipper in the back. It's it's very um, it's fine for pools. It's very impractical for the ocean. Mm. I can't swim in it. It's it's like uh, it's reposing. It's reposing. And so I what I like to do my classic thing is put on my tuxedo bathing suit. I. Um, I, uh, you know, hook my elbows over the edge of the pool. Oh, sure. Drink in one hand. Oh, drink in the other. Drink in the <laughs> other. <laughs> Nothing but, baby. <laughs> no, go on. I've almost, like a thousand times, I've almost bought one of those old-fashioned bathing suits. Oh, I want one so bad. Because <laughs> I like the little skirts. All that's coming back into style. Those The women's ones were in, they were like a full suit of clothing. Yeah. Like down to the ankles and a skirt. You had your pantaloons. And now you need it with the, with the, the sun is so strong. Yes. And a hat, of course. Oh, and but a parasol. But how many people drowned in those bathing suits <laughs> because they got caught in a current? I don't know. I I never picture them actually swimming, but you're right. They probably, I don't know. I mean, if I'm getting caught in a current, it doesn't matter what I'm wearing. I'm dead because I can't swim. That's right. Can you not swim? (laughs) I can't swim well enough to be in a current, but I can swim in a pool, but I don't like to do the breathing, the face in the water blowing out. I do. I get confused and I start breathing in. I only recently started doing like, like really for real swimming. Wow. And uh, it, I, I wish we had a pool so I could do it more. Um, right. but I, it's, it's weird that I spent so much of my life not doing that. It's sort of like when you didn't get your license until, uh, later in life. 41. 41. Yeah. And I'm the way with swimming. Like, I, I just don't want to, it feels like I'm being waterboarded. I took swimming lessons growing up and I was like, ah, stop making me go underwater. I was freaking out. My swimming lessons were at a camp, at a summer camp where you had to pass, you know, this swimming yeah. class was a requirement. And... Like I passed it, but I'm not a great swimmer. I mean, I guess I guess I could keep myself alive. I can keep myself alive yes. in a pool. I think you could do it in the ocean too. I think. I feel like the ocean has a lot of extra waves. You swim with the current. But if you're, I mean, if you're in a perfect storm type situation, forget it. Oh, perfect storm. You're never. not gonna you're not gonna swim your way out of a perfect storm. No, never. But I got a lot of friends in Gloucester, family there. Sure. I think they would help me. <laughs> they probably would. Um, now, <laughs> let's bring What's it to. Scenario? What do you mean the scenario? You're are they there already? They see that you're in trouble, or is they it just like live they in just... Gloucester and they get a right. sixth sense? Someone <laughs> in that family's in trouble. What do you mean? I think it's Jennifer. She lives in Hollywood now. She's not here. I'm telling. Look it. What's the worst that could happen if we go out on the ocean and see if she's there? They're wasting time talking. We don't go. She's dead. We do go. We look like fools, but she thinks we look like fools anyway because we voted for Trump. And, you know, those people, they're elites. So why are we saving her? Because we're not animals at our basic core. We're good people. It's going to be real awkward at Christmas with her parents if they're like, she was in the perfect storm and you didn't save her. You live in Gloucester. That's the people we need to reach out to. Yeah. This election cycle. Anyway, well, that's what I was trying to do. Into... I was swimming to Gloucester to reach out to them. And I was like, this is ineffective. <laughs> Swim <laughs> from here. No, well, listen, I'm not crazy. I took a few flights. Right. And then I, somewhere mid-Atlantic, like, mm-hmm. not mid-Atlantic, but somewhere. Literally in the middle of the Atlantic. <laughs> somewhere more along the southern coast. I swam right. up. Right, right, right. I swam up. And, uh. Ended up in Gloucester, and I mean, I got there, but once I got there, I it didn't. Re- it, ca- it caught up with you. Well, there was a storm, and oh, I, I didn't have my iPhone with me because you can't swim with an iPhone. You so I didn't know a storm was coming. You didn't put it like in a baggie. I just Rubber didn't trust that it. I didn't trust that it wouldn't still get wet. Yeah. I just don't trust these things. I think that's smart. So I got there. There was a storm. They did get me, and you know, they got me, and they said, "See, they 
they kind of shamed me a little bit. Like, see what happens, you know, when you... They were just like, we were watching Fox News all day and they told us about the storm. See what happens when you don't watch Fox News. I was like, you know what? You got me there. Did no one else cover the storm? Well, I think a lot of channels covered the storm, but they only watch Fox and I had no TV with me. Right. You know, oh, I did have a TV with me. I should have made that clear. You were you were worried about the phone, but you had a full TV with yeah, you? Yeah, I had a full TV. That worked? It, it, no, it didn't work. It short-circuited because they're not like supposed to get wet. Immediately. Yeah. But I was like, you know, I bet someone can fix it once we get to shore. Put it in a big thing of rice. Yeah. So I just swam with it. You don't just throw away a TV. No, I'm not. An, and so much is already in the ocean. Yeah. So much yeah. garbage. Anyway. Now, your podcast. Perfect segue. Perfect. This one's, this was a Speaking real good segue. of garbage segue. in the ocean. <laughs> your podcast. <laughs> Now, I feel like I should have given a proper intro. Here's all your credits, and we can do that oh, at the end and put it in. Oh. People either know or they don't. If they don't, they can look me up. Yeah, look What a it, fun treasure hunt. Look him up, people. You'll be look sorry. Look him up. <laughs> look, look him up. up. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> That's what I want people, people chanting to cab drivers who ask me what I do for a living yes, and then console me. exactly. Look her up. The shame Roll them. down the window. What do we say, people? <laughs> How do, you like, how do you like that I did the old-fashioned rolling the window You know down? what? It didn't even dawn on me because I still do stuff like that, too, where I'm like a typewriter. I the say motion a typewriter. felt weird to me. Yeah, like, like, when's the last time I did this? That is weird. What does it mean doing the modern one? Just but see, no over. one knows what that is. You know what I mean? If you yeah. were doing your improvs as you do on stage and mm-hmm. doing your act outs mm-hmm. I think people would still appreciate a roll-down window. I think they would. Because pressing, you could be pressing anything. Yeah. You could be pressing is, the button. I do feel like at improv, you, people still do a lot of rolling down the window. Oh, people still pick up phones with two separate things and operator. They do that. <laughs> Just to make it real clear. <laughs> That's what they do. That's what they do. That would be fun to go see, like, old-timey improv. It's Everything is the same. It's mm. improv. Mm-hmm. But anytime anyone has to act anything out, they have to act out old-fashioned objects. But that's it. That's I everything like that else idea. is modern. Period improv. Mm-hmm. You can't make modern references. Oh, you you're taking it all the way. Yeah. Okay. Oh, you know me, Jen. Come on. Take it all the way. Wait, what's that song you hate that when I sing it you get legit mad? Legit mad. I can't remember. A man selling ice cream, oh. waiting for a song. I hate that song. You, I think I sang it once, and you were like, shut up. Saturday in the Park by Chicago. I sound like a fun person to hang out with. People laughing, really laughing, a man selling ice cream. Setting the scene. Singing Italian song. Oh, is that what they're saying? What's an Italian song? Like, uh, Oh, Solo Mio. Okay, sure. Funiculi, Funicula. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. The Italian national anthem. I don't know that one. Yeah. Italy. Italy. It's all right with me. <laughs> the rhythm of it is weird. Mm-hmm. They've got their own rhythm there. I, how sad I couldn't come up with a couple syllables. You've been on all cylinders firing. Don't you beat yourself up. <laughs> now, for God's sake. you, Yoda. We get to your podcast. <laughs> I did just talk like Yoda. You've been on all cylinders firing. I can't believe I do know that about Yoda. Um, <laughs> that's the one thing everyone knows about Yoda. He talks. Yeah, I guess that's weird. the one thing I do know. He talks like a real asshole. Uh, you know, if you guys, uh, I remember telling you, it's like, you know, I I never put much thought of moving to LA. Like, well, maybe I should think about earthquakes and how that might affect my anxiety. And like, whatever, I'm going. That's where I want to be. That's where the show business is. You know, I didn't always make good decisions growing up. But I'm not saying that moving to LA was a bad decision. But I didn't even factor in. Like, I didn't take it seriously. I was like, yeah, yeah, they say there's earthquakes, but you know what? There probably isn't. I don't know where I got that attitude from. There probably isn't. But I used to have that attitude about money, and it really effed me up (laughs) when I was growing up. When I was growing up, my parents used to just say, don't get a credit card. You'll go into debt, right? Because credit cards were seen as evil, and, and these people that just want you to spend money so that you can owe them interest, and that's how they make their money, and then you're in debt, and then that's the American way, isn't it? And so, but they didn't really explain any of that to me. And I, I just thought, oh, they're being old fuddy-duddies, you know? And so um, basically uh, what ended up happening is that 
what basically ended up happening is that I went to college and, you know, you have your parents' voice in your head, don't do this. So you're like, I'm totally going to do that. And I got 50 million credit cards and I ended up tens of thousands of dollars in debt in addition to my student loans. I mean, it took me 20 years to pay it all up. So needless to say, I didn't have a good, now I have a good relationship with my credit card, which I use, you know, for, for business expensive, but I don't know. I wish I could help young people out there, but I guess I don't have to because our sponsor pedal card is going to help you. Um, for a lot of us, our relationship with credit cards is complicated. Having a credit card can feel like the ultimate freedom, but they can also get into a lot of financial trouble. And that, my friends, is what I experienced. I thought I was free. I thought I just, if I didn't pay the bills and moved, that they wouldn't find me. And now I'm just admitting to being a thief during this ad. I hope they're I hope they're okay. But whether it's low credit limits or high interest rates or surprise fees, it's just a really super frustrating thing to navigate. But I want to tell you about a new kind of credit card company called Petal, P-E-T-A-L. And it may change the way you think about credit. Petal is a new credit card company that actually wants to help you succeed financially. Their mobile app is designed to help you spend responsibly, which is especially great if you're just starting to build credit. And I hate to tell you guys, but building credit is an important part of being in our world. It's how you, um, you know, prove that you're a worthy candidate to get an apartment. It's how you do this. It's how you do that. You must build credit in your lifetime. With Pedal, you can qualify for higher limits, but that doesn't mean you should always spend to that limit. Pedal's app lets you track your credit card spending against your own personal budget, and Pedal wants to help you build your credit score. That's why they reward you with more cash back when you pay on time. What? God, I wish I'd had this growing up. Earn 1% cash back right away, and 1.5% cash back when you make 12 on-time monthly payments. I can't believe there's a credit card company that's like, please pay on time. That's so fantastic. And Pedal has a trusted partner. Their Visa card is issued by WebBank member FDIC. It's about time there was a smarter, more modern credit card company that wants to actually help you succeed financially. Go to Pedal.com slash fun today to find out more. That's Petal with a T. Like a little flower blooming. Your finances are blooming. P-E-T-A-L card.com slash fun. Pedalcard.com slash fun. Folks, Paul and I were just talking therapy. And listen... What about you? Do you have weird hang-ups about what you think therapy is going to do? Do you think it's just going to change who you are, not make you as fun? And I mean, are you afraid of getting better? Because let me tell you, getting better is nothing to be afraid of. In fact, you'll feel so much more like you, you might even end up being more fun from doing therapy. That's right. Going to therapy is one of the things I find fun. While everyone else is out there on the beach, I'm in therapy. Listen, I know it can be hard. It can be hard to make time for therapy. It can be hard to afford it. And it can even be hard to, to get there sometimes and finding a therapist. What if you could do that all in one place? That is why my favorite sponsor is Talkspace. We all need someone to talk to at some point in our life. Just they can support us through our rough patches. They can help us understand that what we're going through is normal. They can help us through everyday ups and downs, whether it's work or family or anything, fears, anxieties, things that are real, things that are not real. Life can be stressful. Talkspace is therapy for how we live today. It's mobile, it's available when you need it, and it's affordable. You just give your preferences for therapy, and Talkspace matches you with one of their 5,000-plus therapists that very same day. Then, once you're in therapy, you can send your therapist unlimited text, audio, picture, or video messages from anywhere at any time. No matter what you're going through, I promise you're not alone. Join more than 1 million people who are doing better with Talkspace. It doesn't have to be stressful. The Talkspace matching process takes your unique preferences into account. And if for some reason you want to switch therapists, you can do so at any time, no extra cost. You don't even have to wait for your next appointment to talk to your therapist. That's why you can send unlimited messages to your dedicated therapist in private any time of day. And if you're having a rough time, you can always get extra support by scheduling a live video session. One month of therapy on Talkspace costs about the same amount as a single face-to-face -face session. So here's the deal. My offer code to you is Jen, J-E-N. You just go to Talkspace.com, T-A-L-K-S-P-A-C-E.com. Use code Jen and you will get $65 off of your first month. Wow. Talkspace.com, use code JEN, J-E-N, 65 off of your first month, and start taking care of yourself. Hey everybody, I hope you're going to come see me on tour. So here's the deal. I do this for a living, and I love it. It is so much fun. And I, there's nothing like a crowd laughing at jokes I've written or riffs I come up with in the moment. And 
I got to tell you, I, I think you'll like it more than just sitting at home and watching it on Netflix. So I have a lot of cities that are on sale in advance. You can save up if you don't have the money to buy them now. But if you buy them in advance, great. And we can always add more shows if they sell out. So right now, let me take you to where I'm going. July 26th, Friday, I will be in Los Angeles at the Hollywood Improv. I haven't done a proper one-hour tour show in this city in years. So you're going to see material you have not seen before. And it's a real pro show at the main stage, not the working it out stuff that you guys have come see me do. So I need to sell that out. We have 140 tickets left. Please go to jenkirkman.com right on my homepage there. Then I am hitting the South. A few places I've never been before, like Birmingham, Alabama, Athens, Georgia, San Antonio, Texas. Oh, please give me a warm welcome in these places. So I will be in Minneapolis back at the Cedar Cultural Center on Saturday, August 10th. Then I'm hitting Nashville, Basement East on uh, August 15th, which is a Thursday. Then I'll be in Birmingham, Alabama on Friday, August 16th. And then in Athens, Georgia, my debut there at the 40 Watt Club, August 17th. After every show, I will be selling and signing books personally. And then hitting San Antonio, August 21st. Again, selling and signing books personally after every show. Houston, I will be back at the Heights Theater on August 22nd with a hilarious and wonderful and talented musician and funny person, Betty Sue, opening for me. And then Austin, August 25th. It is my special birthday show. I'll be back at the North Door, the place where I taped my first Netflix special, I'm Gonna Die Alone and I Feel Fine. I think it's my seventh return to the North Door. I just love them there. I'll be giving you guys gifts. That's how nice I am on my birthday show and it's just gonna be fun. My birthday's August 28th. Then, oh my God, my favorite day of the year, 9-11, I will be in Brooklyn at the Bell House. I got some heavy hitters coming to see me there and they might wanna do a thing or two with me. So I, I, I think you should sell this show out and laugh real loud. Uh, all these tickets, again, are jenkirkman.com, right on the homepage. Boston, September 13th. I am in my hometown. Oh, man, I've got a 1,000 seats to sell. We've probably sold about 400, 900, 500 so far. So, oh, please, you got to get those tickets in advance. And uh, you can do so by going to my website, jenkirkman.com. Then I will be in Toronto as part of the JFL 42 Festival. I have three stand-up shows and a live taping of the Having Fun Listeners podcast. You know where to go, jenkirkman.com. London is on on sale now. I am doing six shows at the Soho Theater, September 30th through October 5th. Manchester, UK, just one night. I'm back. It's my second time there. I will be doing one show Sunday, October 6th. Then Amsterdam, my debut. I will be there October 8th at Boom Chicago and then Oslo, Norway on October 13th at Chat Noir. Those tickets are all jenkirkman.com. Go to it. I think Oslo and Amsterdam are not on sale yet, but if you go to my homepage, there's a link you can click. That'll sign you up to get an email the morning they go on sale so that you don't miss me. And then I'm back in San Francisco in November on the 17th. Just save that date for now. We are not announcing it until September. And then I am in uh, Richmond, Virginia, making my debut there on Friday, December 6th. And I am returning back to Durham, North Carolina, Saturday, September 7th. Both of those are comedy shows with a little touch of Christmas. And of course, my Christmas show at the Hollywood Improv may be coming up, but I'll have more details about that in a month or so. So please come see me live. It's always a joy. I'd like to play you a clip now of a little riff that I went on on one of my road gigs where um, all the people sitting up front had kids and all the people in the back we're child-free types. I don't know. It just worked out that way. And, you know, in my Netflix special, I talk about not having kids. And I don't always talk about it on stage, but I had a riff come to mind where um, recently a friend of mine had said, you know, you, as you're getting older, do you see now why people don't have kids so they don't die alone? And I, I went on a riff I hadn't thought of for my special about, no, I still think it's an absurd notion. So that was super fun. The audience was great to just let me go off off the top of my head and I was just saying ridiculous things and we were all on board for it. Yeah, kind of had to be there. But that's why I play these things to motivate you guys to come out and get tickets. So enjoy this clip <laughs> from a crazy little riff I did on the road. They go, you want to have kids to take care of you? I go, every elderly person in my family lived a great life, but they, they died alone because they did life right. Does that make sense? Their kids lived so far away. <laughs> they couldn't fly home in time. After Nana fell and went to the hospital, they couldn't get there. If you, now, barring a long illness where everyone gets noticed and you come in, forget that. The other deaths, the accidental ones. If you don't die alone during that, 
you failed as a parent. If you fall in the shower and your son, Billy, comes up from the basement, Whoa, what happened? The Pod F Tompcast. I can't thank you enough for that because I have fans because of it. I That makes me very happy. You introduced me on a national level to people in ways. And this is what I was always going to say is people always ask me, how did you know you were funny? How did you keep going? How did this? How did that? And it's like, or young people, how do I know? But I don't know how the world works now, like when you're first starting out. But for me, it was if the... I don't mean older, like you're so much older, but you've been more experienced doing it longer. Mm -hmm. When those people think you're funny, listen to them. And there's really not a way that a really good comedian is going to have bad taste. There's just, it's Mm kind of not true. Now that I look at myself, older, established comedian, I don't think I have bad taste either. And so you always championed me, always thought I was funny, helped me when I got to LA, like, hey, put her on Largo. Then I did your podcast. And it was like, you... When, you know, it's that classic thing of like a good talk show host does it. They make their guest feel like they're funny. And if the audience is on the fence, it's like they take your cue. Mm-hmm. And if you laugh at me, then everyone laughs at me. And I swear to God, you have mind controlled so many people into becoming a fan. <laughs> and it was so delightful. You just let me, you would call, your whole podcast was amazing. But there was one segment, I think 